This is the Homestead Journey Podcast, the podcast dedicated to the pursuit of self-sufficiency, self-reliance, and sustainability. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Homestead Journey Podcast. This is episode number 144. My name is Brian Wells, and I am coming to you from 3B Farm and Homestead here in beautiful upstate New York. Now, folks, this week seemed like it flew by. Honestly, though, I did not get a lot of stuff done here on the homestead. And so let's just jump right into this week's homestead happenings, and I'll share with you why, well, not much got done around here. So this week was a week where, number one, we were playing catch up from having been gone to the Homesteaders of New England conference last weekend, but it also was a week when I just seemed to have a lot of off-farm meetings and events. And so that meant that I did not get a lot of homesteading stuff done around here. A few of the things, though, I was able to accomplish, I am slowly working on the new farm truck trying to iron out all of the bugs. And one of the issues that I've had with it is that when it gets really, really cold, it wouldn't start. The ignition switch on it is very, very stiff. And it just seemed that when it was cold, things would contract. And then I wasn't getting good contact to engage the starter. And so I ordered some parts for it this week. And it seems like the simple fix, which was to replace the ignition switch which is on top of the steering column, which sounds kind of complicated, but it's actually the easiest of all possible options as far as what could have been my issue. And replacing that does seem to have fixed my problem. The other potential fixes would require me to disassemble the steering column. I still may have to do that, but at least right now, it does seem like replacing that ignition switch did take care of the problem. The piglets that were born a couple of weeks ago are doing well. They all seem to be getting enough to eat. I do need to get some hay down there for bedding purposes. They're eating it up almost as fast as I can get it down there, but by and large, they are doing well, and I'm very thankful for that. One last thing I did want to share with you, and that was just a little bit of a yum yum. uh, (laughs) uh, we'll, We'll call it a win. The beginning of this week, we had some ham, had that leftover ham bone sitting in the fridge until Friday. And on Friday, Bonnie made some ham and bean soup that was absolutely delicious. In part, with the exception of the seasonings, everything that was in that soup came from our homestead. The broth, the dry beans, beans that we had dried last year, obviously the ham, And then I believe the carrots were also from our homestead as well. I love soup weather. That's one of the things that I absolutely love about the fall is soup weather. But enjoying a wonderful soup made up of ingredients, the majority of which were sourced from your homestead, Mm. it doesn't get much better than that. All right, let's jump on over to this week's Charting the Course. (music) 
one of the meetings that I had going on this week was a scouting meeting. Now, I am still the scout master for my son's troop, although in the process of transitioning that over to somebody else. But most of the young scouts that joined the troop last year needed needed Scoutmaster conferences this week. And so as I was talking to them, one of the things that I always challenge them when it comes to merit badges is for them to explore things that might be outside of their comfort zone. Because to me, a big part of the scouting adventure and going through merit badges is as much about figuring out what you don't like to do as much as it is figuring out what you do enjoy doing. And so I always encourage them to try merit badges that might be a little bit out of their comfort zone. They might try something and they might love it. And they might try something and say, you know what? Yep, it's not for me. That absolutely sucked. And that is okay. And as I get to thinking about that, I got to thinking about how that really holds true in homesteading as well. And especially when people are brand new to homesteading, they get in, they want to do all the things, they want to raise all the things, they want to grow all the things, and that's great. I think that that's very, very important. And going to a homesteading conference like we had last weekend in New England, I think is part of that. It gives people an opportunity to see things and experience things and get involved in things to see whether or not they want to to do that. But one of the things that I think sometimes happens in the homesteading community is there ends up being this peer pressure that once you try it, you have to keep doing it or that you have to do all the things, that you have to raise meat chickens, that you have to raise meat rabbits, that you have to get pigs, that you have to have a family milk cow, that you have to have a large garden, that you have to learn how to can, that you have to learn how to dehydrate, that you have to learn how to freeze dry, that you have to do all of the things. And if you try something, you have to keep doing that. And I am here to tell you folks, that is absolute hogwash. In fact, I want to very clearly say to you, don't do the things that you hate. Now, I shared with you last week at the Homesteaders Convention, Jack did a great poultry processing workshop. And there was a lady that was a couple of rows ahead of me that turned around with horror in her eyes. And she said, I don't think I will ever be able to eat chicken again. Now, in that was implied that she would never be able to raise meat birds on her homestead. As I said last week, my guess is she probably went away from the event. She processed it. She got through it and she'll probably be okay. But if she decides that she doesn't want to eat chicken, that she doesn't want to raise meat birds, she shouldn't feel pressured to don't do the things that you hate. So when it comes to raising a garden, Grow the things that you like to eat. Just because so-and-so likes to grow tomatoes, if you don't like to eat tomatoes, then don't grow tomatoes. Just because so-and-so is growing a particular type of bean, if you don't like beans, don't grow beans. Grow the stuff you like to eat. Don't do the stuff you hate. When it comes to animals, raise the stuff you like to eat. If you don't like quail, or you don't like quail eggs, don't raise quail. If you don't like chicken or you don't think you can process chickens, don't raise chickens. Raise the stuff you like to eat. Don't raise the stuff you don't like to eat. 
a couple of years ago, Bonnie informed me that she was tired of rabbit. She didn't want to eat rabbit anymore. Now, rabbit is a great source of protein. Rabbit's a very easy thing to raise. Rabbit is something that is very cost-effective to raise. But if she doesn't like to eat it, why am I going to raise it and put it in my freezer? Don't do the stuff you hate. Now, that's not to say that in the future, she may change her mind. Or we may decide to get into rabbits and sell them to people for breeding stock or whatever. But in this particular moment of our lives, rabbits don't fit into our plan. Don't do the things you hate. I also see it when it comes to food preservation. Sometimes people feel like they have to learn how to can. They have to learn how to ferment. They have to learn how to freeze. They have to learn how to freeze dry. No. You know how you like to eat the food. Now, you may decide that preserving food isn't for you, and that's fine, actually. Raise what you can grow to eat fresh. And if you decide that's the extent of it, it's all good. Don't do the things you hate. Do the things you like to do. I know this really runs counter to a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing in the homesteading community. Right now, I'm seeing all of this henny penny, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Somebody put out a video today. Oh my God, the FBI is after you. Somebody else put out something about, you know, the, the heating costs are going up and you've got to prepare right now. And they may be right. I don't know. But that doesn't mean that you have to go out and get a wood stove and start chopping wood if you hate to chop wood. Now, I understand the whole self-sufficiency thing and the self-reliance thing, the sustainability thing. I get all of that. I get all of the preparedness ideas. I understand all of that. But at the end of the day, you still need to homestead in a way that brings you joy and fulfillment, and it doesn't become drudgery. If you start filling your life with a bunch of things that you hate, eventually you're not going to do anything. You're going to throw up your hands, you're going to walk away, and you're not going to do anything. And that's not what I want to see from you. Now, I understand that everything is not going to be unicorns, lollipops, and rainbows. There are going to be certain things that we have to do that we don't enjoy doing because we are adults. Or because we like to have chickens, we don't really like cleaning out the chicken coop, but we also know that we have to clean out the chicken coop. So please don't twist my words here. You have to take the good with the bad. That is part of it. But on the other hand, if you don't like chickens, don't raise chickens. If you don't like chicken eggs, don't raise a whole bunch of layers just because everybody says that chickens are the gateway drug to farming. If you don't like them, don't raise them. It's all good. Do what brings you joy. Do the things that you enjoy doing, raise the things that you enjoy eating, preserve things in the manner in which you like to enjoy those things, and stop doing the things you hate. That's it for this week, folks. I hope you found this helpful. This is as much a speech to me as it is to you. If you have any questions or comments, reach out to me, Brian at the homesteadjourney.net. And until next time, everybody. Keep up the good work.